0: The Board of Governors ups the cap and changes some rules. Russell Westbrook pulls the it's you, not me, breakup move. And LeBron <laughs> is still living rent-free and skips mind. I'm Sammy Neighbor. This is The Clinic All-NBA Podcast. We are the two live crew tonight. I have one hooligan with me. JJ, how you living, my man? Hey, man. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling great. I'm glad to be here with you, Sammy. It's good to have you here, man. Shout out to... To our boys, June and John, who are out tonight. We'll hopefully see them on the next podcast, and we're gonna go ahead and get started here. So the NBA Board of Governors had their initial, had their annual summer meeting, and they made some changes. The big news is the transition take foul has been changed. The Board of Governors approved a change to the playing rules that will impose a heightened penalty when a defensive player commits a, quote, transition take foul, which is an intentional foul committed by a defender to deprive the offensive team of a fast break opportunity. So in the past, this foul was just added to the team foul count for the quarter. Now the offensive team will be awarded a free throw. Any player can take that free throw, and then the offensive team will get possession of the ball back. So almost functions like a technical foul at this point. Previously, it was just a common foul, like I said, and a side out for the offensive team. So, a big change. Jay, your initial thoughts on this, and let's let's go into how we Look, think it'll what affect the game. Did, you little
1: jerk. Well, I hated take fouls, and I think I speak on behalf of the whole pod that the those fouls in the backcourt where you stop the fast break, arguably the most exciting part of the basketball game, gets taken away. At least this I think would alleviate those um those highlights being stopped and
0: might we might see more fast breaks, right? Definitely. is that I'm the thinking? You? Yeah, I'm with you on that. And you know what this kinda reminds me of is near and dear to my heart as a Clippers fan, I remember the hack of DJ going back like five, six years, maybe a little longer. You remember that? Yes. The game just completely stopped. Exactly. Kawhi was not happy about it and the game just completely stopped and watching all those Clippers games, honestly, they kind of turned into slogfests after a while because DJ would end up shooting 20, 25 free throws a game and it wasn't enjoyable basketball. And obviously the take foul never got to that level. But where I applaud the NBA is they're always willing to take steps to make sure the speed of the game stays up and they're always protecting the entertainment value. And I think this is a way to do that.
1: We probably won't hear Van Gundy complain about it again. So I'm sorry to the Van Gundy fans. Those complaints should stop, which I'm excited about. But I've always been a fan. If you don't do it at pickup, then it's not a real NBA or basketball play. So I'm totally happy that they're changing the game to make it more exciting and not necessarily taking away the element of playing. Within it, And what I mean by that is we see the NFL change the game where it favors more offense than mm-hmm. defense. But I think for this, it just makes
0: the game more exciting without really affecting the quality of the game. I completely agree with you on that. I think this is one thing where the game is going to flow faster. I'd be willing to bet at the beginning of the year there's going to be a bit of an adjustment or players almost muscle memory are still going yeah. to commit these fouls. And then after maybe five, six, seven games per team, you'll see the adjustment, but this will speed up the game. A little more fast break it is always a good thing as far as I'm concerned. So I'm really happy with this one overall. So good good call on the NBA's part as far as I'm concerned. It sounds like you're in agreement with me. Yeah, for sure, man. Awesome. So the other big news at the governor's meeting is that the cap will now increase to 133 million. This year, I believe the number is 122. So an $11 million increase, pretty significant if you think about signing a max player. Obviously, the max contracts are also a percentage of the total cap, so these will tie in and you'll see a slight increase. Where this is gonna affect some players the most, just give uh, to give our listeners a sample of who's gonna potentially be out there next year. Chris Middleton and James Harden, who we'll talk about later, are gonna have player options next year. Uh, for your Warriors, Draymond and Wiggins are both gonna be free agents, so those will lead to some interesting decisions fred van fleet's going to be available lord knows what kyrie's going to be doing with himself but technically he's on a one year and the other <laughs> big one is lebron has not signed a new deal so he'll be available Ooh. as well Money, so looking at cap increases like this for me it's always about team who's hoarding the cap space and how they're going to use it are there a couple teams or anyone in particular that sticks out to you that maybe has space now it's going to take advantage
1: oh man you know what what's- the funny part about that is the teams that usually have cap space are the terrible teams because they don't have the superstar players with the exception of the Warriors back when KD signed and they took advantage of the salary increase of that one-year spike that's right That one-year spike so I don't foresee any teams taking advantage that are in the top for example 15 yeah but it'd be interesting to see if you have Some of these mid-tier teams that, you know, they're like, hey, let's just go all out and overpay for this mid-range player. For example, what the Knicks
0: did this year with Brunson. Right. Well, and the Knicks might end up uh, having Mitchell in shortly based on the rumors we're hearing too. So we'll see if they have any space left. Can I throw a hypothetical out to you and see who you think of it? Please do it. Yeah. Call it a hunch. I think Detroit's going to improve this year and they're going to have cap space. And I think they're going to okay. try to use it next year to add a player. So right now they've got Cade, uh, drafted, I believe it was Jaden Ivey to uh-huh. add to the team as well. They were rumored to be all over and until they drafted Jalen Duran. but there's definitely going to be room on that team for a wing or another big. Don't do you, say it. Who, who do you think I'm pointing at? Do you think I'm pointing at Wiggins? I- I thought you were pointing at Draymond. I don't think there's He's any way Draymond. I don't think Draymond's ever living Golden State. But okay, just okay. not necessarily the players <laughs> on this list, but just overall. Do you see Detroit being a team like that, or do you think I'm I, one or two years ahead? I do. I think
1: that they have a lot of promise, and if they do well this season, I totally see them be like, "Hey, let's just go for it and use our cap space to pry someone away from their team," you know? Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. And well, the other thing they could theoretically do is just when we talked about this last week, just because Aiton signed doesn't mean he's not going to get traded. That's true. So we'll see what they get out of Jalen Duran, but maybe they'll just want to make the big move and use Duran as a trade ship. So I could see them doing it, Indiana, or always in the rear view, our, our sad, sad friends in Sacramento. who just always find a way to blow through whatever cap space they have i guarantee they'll use it on somebody they have to that's the only way that they could get players in free agencies to overpay and ruin it for everybody else exactly and but you know overall for me at the end of the day the cap increase means a couple different things one it means the nba is doing well because the tv contracts are up so for fans for us that's good news (laughs) secondly and just as fun is the off season might be the funnest part of the NBA season for fans of a lot of teams. Yep. If everyone's got 11 more million dollars to work with, whether they're over the cap or the cases, that means more fun in the off season. So I don't see a downside to this. I'm happy about it because it means the game we love is doing well. Yep. I totally agree. Yeah. So moving on to one of the players that's that we mentioned on that list. We talked last week that James Harden was going to take a pay cut and his contract officially came out. So he signed a two-year $68.6 million deal with the Sixers. The second year, which is the big news, he lined it up kind of like LeBron used to in Cleveland where it was a one plus one. So he's got a player option next year. So this is still essentially a one-year deal. The Mm -hmm. only way is probably a two-year deal is if he has a really bad year in ops in because he's worried about any guarantees or if he gets hurt. So with the pay cut he took, which was about $14 million give or take, it actually allowed the Sixers to turn into the Rockets East, sign old friends PJ Tucker and Daniel House. Yeah, get his band back together. We know Daniel House and Harden probably get along in more ways than one. Uh, next year, if he opts out again, he would have a $46.5 million max and be eligible to sign a five-year, probably around a $250 million contract, give or take. So. Initial thoughts on this deal. Do you think that long term there's there's potentially a handshake agreement and how do you think how do you think this pans out for the Sixers this season?
1: Man, I don't know. I'm not really excited for the Sixers with the pickups and what they've been doing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem they they arguably had the most talented squad in the beginning of 2022, but they gave up a lot of depth when they traded for Harden. Harden didn't really live up to the expectations and I don't know when I hear that James Harden had uh, took a pay cut so they could get other players, where's this cap space going to? There's more cap space, but there's no one left in the market.
0: So I'm curious to see because I know they agreed with PJ Tucker early. I don't know if they finalized it right away or if they were trying to figure out where to get the space to actually sign him. That's the part Mm -hmm. I'm not sure of. So, if they signed him after with Harden Space, they might have used it that way. Uh, Otherwise, the way their contracts line up, I think they have a trade or two left in them where they might be able to take on a little more. There
1: you go. There you go. That's what I was alluding to, which is, do you have, and I know, like, you're the Mr. Trade Machine, you know, the cap numbers. What is the
0: trade left for the Sixers to put them over the top, Sammy? So, to me, this depends on a couple things. Do you buy in on Tyrese Maxey? For me, I do. I think Maxey's absolutely got the potential to be a star, depending mm-hmm. on how he fits with Harden. Now, in the beginning of the Harden trade last year, they actually seemed to fit together pretty well. So then, to me, what I think they need is another, either bigger wing, 6'7", seven, six, seven, six, or a stretch four. We know Tobias is there, and... Harris is a solid player, but I feel like the fit in Philly has been awkward the whole time. $30 million fit. $30 million awkward <laughs> fit, no less, yeah. So I wonder if the move is involving him. Again, I'm not trying to pile on Sacramento fans, but the rumor was that the Kings were interested in him at one point. I don't know what that deal would look like. But I wonder if the trade is a three or a four, someone between about six, seven, six, eight, six, nine who can work around Embiid and maybe lead the second unit so that they can stagger because I feel like what what that team's going to look like next year to me is if Harden comes back in better shape, which I actually do think he will because now there's a lot of money on the line, and mm-hmm. you have these three legit options and you'll be able to stagger that at least two of them are on the court at all times. If you can add a fourth to those guys, then you legitimately are covered for all 48 minutes. So I wonder if the ideal partner is a big that you can either pair with Maxi or Harden when you're staggering your units. That that would be where I would go with it if I was them. And I'll give them this. If Harden comes back 80% of Rockets Harden, 90% of Rockets Harden for one year, they're actually a wild card to beat anybody. And I say this as someone who has piled on that trade, who hated that trade, but. It's because I expected Harden to come in as he did last year. If he comes back full strength, I mean, do you think they could challenge Milwaukee and the top of the East? They're top heavy. They got Harden, Maxi, Harris, and
1: supposed to be according to Mr. Embiid, Mr. Embiid. But I don't know, man, with Giannis, it's hard to predict how you could defeat that team With if Middleton was healthy this year.
0: Very true. And so, I think we all agreed that Milwaukee was who we thought would have made the finals if they were healthy. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So and it's it's interesting to me because all these years the West was so much better, but the East is very top heavy now. There's a lot of strength out there in the top four or five seats.
1: Yeah, it's it makes me curious if who's gonna come up on top this season with the Celtics who are supposed to be better. Right. Milwaukee at full strength. Miami, we'll see. They look I feel like pretty Miami's tired, gotta right? move in them.
0: I, I feel like they've got to yeah. move in them somewhere, and it's one of those no one sees it coming, and they end up getting some star for what seems like pennies on the dollar. Don't don't underestimate Pat Riley, right? Never, yeah, never. He's always yeah. got something. So, so we'll see how this trade works out. I'll or excuse me, the signing works out. I will give Harden credit for taking the cut. I never thought he would do it. I do wonder if he has a handshake agreement with Morey to already re-up him for a four-year next year, but we wink, won't know wink. until next summer. Yep. Right uh last player on that list that i wanted to talk about uh lebron james is eligible for an extension two-year 97 mil starting august 4th the rumor is that he is not going to sign it this year and he's going to kind of put the lakers under the gun like he did the Cavs the last few years he was there now with the Cavs, if you remember how this ended in the first three years they did whatever he wanted and yep. then in the last year he was trying to get them to trade the lottery pick that they had from i believe it was from the nets ironically mm-hmm. and they wouldn't do it because they knew he was walking so the lakers have two tradable assets they're 27 and 29 first round picks so all this creates a lot of drama especially because half that team is signed to clutch so this all ties together so that being i don't said, know man
1: yeah do you you, you got a I know we've talked about this, but when LeBron has your franchise held under hostage, I think you gotta follow what he says because he got you a championship 2019 and how many years after the Kobe, even the later end of Kobe's career,
0: they were kind of a bad team. And then they, they turned into no, a really a bad, bad team. team. They were. They were really bad. They had the number two pick either, what, two or three years in a row? Yeah. Mm. So I'm just saying, LeBron,
1: you will sell tickets if he's there. You have leverage because you know that he wants to live in L.A. But do you give up the those two first-rounders, Sammy? And I'll go first by saying I would you, you could never guarantee those first rounders, but you could
0: get a diamond in the rough. What do you think? Did they give up two? Well, so here's the thing. If it's for Kyrie, I would not give up both because Ooh. I you don't know what. I think, I said this last week. I think Kyrie's going to kill it this year because there's too much on the line. Yeah. But he has proven that you cannot rely on him on any sort of long term contract. So if you trade both yeah. ones for him, and then resign him for two or three years you're asking for it and if you resign him at that point you literally have nothing to trade anymore that team is locked it's old there's nothing left and the way the contracts are structured if you bring him in you have three guys making about 40 million dollars one guy making 10 and everyone else makes minimum there's no way to make trades there's nothing it's like so, the kg nets exactly exactly and then look what happened so i would trade one of the picks but We'll see if they do. And I'll, along the notes of LeBron, too, I want to add one other comment that we uh, <laughs> we discussed here. So I'm sure everyone who listens to this knows that Skip Bayless seems to have a very special place in his heart for, for LeBron. Uh, as I think most listeners know, LeBron uh, kind of surprised everyone. Played in the Drew League last week, put on a show, 42 points. And Skip Bayless tweeted, quote, love it that LeBron played in the Drew League today, but he shot only two of 13 from three. He missed a late free throw <laughs> that would have at least clinched overtime. Some things never change. What? So let's just, let's expand this a little. Skip has had a LeBron shtick legitimately for 20 years. At this point, do you think the act is tired or do you think it's a, a media personality understanding where his bread is buttered and making a whole career out of it. I don't know, man. When you're in that position of,
1: I don't want to say power, but influence, especially, like, in the sports world, it's kind of uh, kind of weird that he just talks about LeBron even for a pickup game. And some of his takes, like, you could respect takes if they're well-educated. You could back it up, and you have, like, some thought into it, but... This is kind of like, come on, man. What are you doing? There's no need to do
0: this. A little obsessive, yeah, totally. Yeah, and I I have to believe at this point that he knows how ridiculous he is. But at the same time, he knows that it gets clicks and viewers and he's turned it into five or six million a year. So at this point, he's kind of like, you know what? LeBron will be retired in two or three years. Let me just finish this off. So I find it ridiculous personally, I'm, I'm not a fan of the takes, but it just seems like he's playing the game at this point and it almost makes me wonder if LeBron is like laughing in the background because he knows what he's doing.
1: He has to. My, yeah. my question to you though is when LeBron retires, who is Skip going
0: to have for his next target? Uh, you know what, that would be a really fun game to make a bet on at DraftKings. <laughs> um, if I had to take a guess, I'm trying to think who's the young star that's going to get the most hype. I'll call my shot now. If he retires within two, three years, it's going to be John Morant. Call it right now. Morant. Okay. Yes. Because Morant's the hot, the hot kid right now. He doesn't get any hate, and he's going to call him flashy, especially if he hasn't won a title in the next few years. So, you know, it's recorded. It'll be on podcast lore. If this comes up in 2025, I will replay this clip but <laughs> on that note we're gonna to go to a quick word from
1: our sponsor the action never ends at DraftKings sportsbook especially this summer with tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports you can fuel your fandom and feel the heart the heat of the season like never before plus right now DraftKings sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to one thousand dollars that's right make your first Bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to
0: cash in. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN, make your first deposit, and get a risk free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Wow. Now, going back into some other topics. Near and dear to your heart, the NBA fined <laughs> Golden State Warrior owner Joe Lacop half a million dollars after he called the luxury tax system unfair. According to sources at ESPN, he uh, was fined for making recent comments on the Point Forward podcast discussing the league's collective bargaining talks, which included Lacop describing the league's luxury tax system as, quote, very unfair. Now, I know... I know you actually had some very uh, specific comments about this topic prior. Do you want to revisit those and let talk about Lakeup's comments in respect to that? Yeah.
1: So the luxury tax system is pretty ridiculous. The Warriors right now, for those that don't know, they're playing at a paying at a multiple of seven. So when you do pay a player, for example, if they were to pay Gary Payton at ten million, the tax would be seventy. So the multiplier by seven and. Just, uh, just concerning because Joe Lacob kind of hit a, on some really good notes which is they're being punished for drafting players and trying to pay those players and trying to retain those players. When one of the main complaints is having your major superstars, all-stars or just players in general leave when you should try to retain them. We've seen Chris Paul get the max and then leave. Harden get the max and leave. So why is it that when you have players like a Stephen Curry, a Klay and and you pay them that you can't sign any more players that you drafted just because you can't afford them
0: due to the luxury tax? Right, definitely. And so to put in perspective what you said, they lost Peyton, I believe he signed three years, 29, I think was the mm-hmm. number. Yeah, with Portland, and then uh, they also lost Otto Porter. Mm-hmm. And they replaced the player among the players they replaced with included DiVincenzo, and I know they signed one other player, and they re. michael him. Green. They signed. That's right. They signed J. michael Green. So to put this in perspective yeah. for everybody, by replacing Payton and Porter with, in theory, Green and DiVincenzo, they saved sixty million dollars, and obviously. Uh, we just gave the numbers out for, for Gary Payton, and Otto Porter's contract wasn't huge either. But the luxury tax system is so punitive that it would have cost them $60 million. So I understand. I know how much money they make at Chase Center, but no one's got infinite pockets. At some point, you have to make these decisions. So going along the lines of what you said, and uh, I know you brought this up to us on the pod first, I think, a couple weeks back. Actually, I heard Colin Coward actually say something very similar today on his show that I was listening to. The, the Warriors have done this the right way, and I know for our listeners out there, we, we've talked about the Warriors a lot and how they've done it, but if you're a fan of a team, what you want to see is them draft and develop well. And you look at Draymond, Steph, Clay, Looney, Jordan Poole, mm-hmm. five of what you could argue the seven or eight most important players of that team over the last few years are draft picks so doesn't it make sense to either reduce the luxury tax on homegrown talent or eliminate it completely and then for for kd for Iguodala, for wiggins for these guys then you implement the luxury tax because those yeah. are the guys you are bringing from the outside so i mean is the lake of calling it out gonna change anything? Honestly, probably not, because a lot of other owners are probably jealous, and frankly, a lot of owners are collecting revenue off of all the luxury tax that the Warriors and the Clippers and some of these other teams are paying. Mm-hmm. But it's not its not wrong. I mean, I, I do think this might be a topic that comes up at the next CBA. I'd be curious to know what the players think of this, because I don't know if it affects their money at the end of the day, because, my understanding of this is all of that luxury tax revenue goes to the owners. I don't think the players get any of it. I could be wrong on that, but it is something that I think should be discussed further because if you're going to keep doing this, what you're actually going to end up doing long term. And I don't know if you agree with me on this, but you're actually going to be breaking teams up for cheaper owners. Yeah. So And. So do you, do you do you see it going that way? And would that be the breaking point?
1: I I totally see that and you make very good points and I just wanted to add to your good points that I know some of the owners might complain about this luxury tax and if they got rid of it but in essence it should help out the owners because if you have someone for example like a KD at Oklahoma City you have big cities and areas like Chicago, Bay Area, LA, and New York and Miami right and they could just lure people there's like many I know it's like minor but mm-hmm. major for some which a few million here or there but if you eliminate the luxury tax and provide the draft team right the team that drafted you more flexibility so for example OKC could play at a 25% higher rate than the Warriors at Golden State wouldn't that be an incentive for the homegrown
0: star to stay at their drafted team Right, and just to go along the example you used, if we had a system like that, this was obviously a long time ago, but is it possible that original OKC team never got broken up?
1: Yeah, with the Harden trade, because
0: they refused they to go to, to the Lakers. They max, and they didn't want to Yeah, go cheap owners, Sammy. I hate them, man. Exactly, so, and you wonder, like, long-term, we talked about Detroit earlier. If they do pan out, and Cade needs a max, and Jaden Ivey needs a max, are they going to have the revenue to pay these guys? And for a team like Detroit, a team like OKC, throwing out just other teams against the wall here. Memphis, for example. These are mm-hmm. teams that gotta home grow their talent. I wanna see these teams stay together. It's competition, it's better for the league. So, I don't think it's gonna come up in the current CBA, but I'd be curious to see with how high salaries you're getting, with players getting up to $60 million a year now, is this gonna be something that turns into a conversation point among the owners themselves or with the players? Yeah. So, curious to see. So going from there, uh, another topic that we've discussed a lot here at the clinic, but it just keeps on giving us twist turns. Russell Westbrook and his agent parted ways, and his agent made one of the most public statements I've ever heard. Pretty weird. It was pretty weird. So let's talk about that statement. So what was said in this statement that he released per wash? With the possibility of a fourth trade in four years the marketplace is telling the lakers they must add additional value with russell in any trade scenario and even then such a trade may require russell to immediately move on from the new team via buyout my belief mm-hmm. is that this type of transaction only serves to diminish russell's value and his best option to stay with the lakers embrace the starting role and support that Darvin ham publicly o- publicly offered russell is a first ballot naismith basketball hall of fame player and will prove that again before he is retired Unfortunately, irreconcilable differences exist as to his best pathway forward and we are no longer working together. I wish Russell and his family the very best. So between the lines, what did, you, what did you think of this and how public it was? I will say he was very respectful, but overall, what are your thoughts? He's basically saying, it's not me, it's Russ, Right.
1: right? And then yeah. Russ is basically saying, it's not me, it's this guy what it comes down to, and from what I'm interpreting from it, is Russ really, really wants to get traded. Yes. But his agent, Mr. Modern Day Ari Gold says, no, you need to stay put because any trade that involves with you is going to have an additional asset. And you're essentially saying that your value isn't as much as it used to be if things are combined with right. your name in that trade
0: asset, right? Is that what you
1: got? Or what did you uh, yeah, what did I order got it. He's
0: basically saying that you're a negative asset right now. And yeah. in hindsight, when the history books look at you, what we're going to end up seeing is the five tra- or four trades in four years, five teams in the last five years that you weren't valued the way you should be. So I think his agent is looking at things on a, like, look at yourself historically and how you're going to get remembered. Wow. And. And with Westbrook, we know the guy has a ton of confidence. He always has. And you know what? That's part of what made him so effective when he was younger. But I think now it's it's going against him a little bit because bottom line is and this has been said, I'm not saying this like I'm the end all be all on this, but mm-hmm. he can't play the way he does to and be successful anymore. I think ideally right now he's a six man. I don't see him ever accepting that. Yeah. Right.
1: And the Lakers, though the Laker flaws last year was their defense. And the point of attack of their defense is Russell Westbrook, uh-huh. who was statistically bad on almost all fronts. Uh-huh. And I don't know if you want to blame that on the whole team as a whole, because, you know, there's issues like health, defense, and whatever, right? But uh-huh. Westbrook is terrible on defense. He relies on his athleticism. And in the NBA, we've all seen that all NBA players need to adapt their game. Right. And Westbrook has not adapted his game, Sammy. Not at all. Major flaws is like um, Jordan and Kobe. I think an underrated characteristic of their game is how they adapted from
0: athleticism to skill. And he hasn't done that. Agreed, completely. And the point on the defense that you made, and it wasn't just him. And so I don't want to throw it all on him, but he played a lot of minutes. And if you look at the Laker team that won the title in the bubble, top they were I, they were top five defense exactly. And they fell off a cliff. And a big part of that was the rest of the personnel, not just Westbrook, but the, all the guys they brought in couldn't play D. They, I mean. Not hating on Melo, but Melo's never been a defensive player either. And you brought in Westbrook and Melo. Yep. And a few of these other guys that just we know don't play D. And you got this result. And so part of defense, I think a big part of defense is attitude and effort and hustle. Yes. Yes. And when you have guys who are relying on athleticism, like you said, I think it rubs off on other players if they're still getting minutes. So. I, I understand where his agent is coming from, and then conveniently a story came out that Westbrook and Davis and LeBron got together and reinstated their commitment to each other last week, which I find total nonsense after we were in Summer League and Westbrook was sitting on one end of the arena and LeBron was sitting on the other and they weren't talking. Yeah, um, that's that's crazy, man. <laughs> that that meeting after the fact is LeBron saying, oh boy, we can't trade Westbrook, I better go buddy-buddy so we can <laughs> figure out this year. but. I don't see that team being better than a player right now with how stacked the west is and for westbrook that either means they got to deal him or he's got to have a major attitude major attitude adjustment so which of the two do you think is more likely he's old man old dogs can't learn new tricks good point <laughs> so trade it
1: is yeah trade it is you have to i mean it's funny that the lakers are trying to show their dominance And it's at the wrong time when they should have done this in the very beginning
0: yeah and i am with you on that and to me how this ends is they either start the year and they're shockingly good and things are all of a sudden in great shape or the more likely the two to me is they either trade westbrook by the trade deadline or things have gotten so bad and they're playing so poorly that they literally send him home i think it goes one of two ways
1: where's home where's home going to be though?
0: Like, literally, his house. I don't think they trade (laughs) Like, I think they deactivate him. They send him home because they can't trade him. Dang, okay. Like, like I'm saying if they cannot trade him and it's just a disaster like last year, I I honestly think they would just tell him to go home and just let pull a John Wall from last year. But will LeBron accept that? And if Kyrie is still on Brooklyn to start the year and they start off poorly, will they just cough up both first round picks to get Kyrie in because they're desperate. So lots of drama with the Lakers as always. I as a Clippers fan greatly enjoy it when the drama <laughs> is behind a 31 year. But we will move on from them for now. I'm sure we'll be back visiting with them soon. I need a vacation. <laughs> so our final topic of the night. Uh, back to your Warriors actually. Oh my goodness. Andrew Wiggins discussed his decision to get vaccinated <laughs> in an interview with sided Mark Harmon. And he explained that he's still unhappy about getting vaccinated against COVID. he said in a quote i did it and i was an all-star this year and a champion so that was the good part just not missing out on the year the best year of my career but for my body i just don't like putting all that stuff in my body so i didn't like that and i didn't like that it wasn't my choice i didn't like that it was either get this or don't play so obviously this is near and dear to you wiggins was huge especially in the mm-hmm. finals What do you think of his perspective on this, given the success of the team this year? I think that the media kind of
1: twisted the narrative for this because when we looked at this, the news in regards to Wiggins and the vaccine, you had to read the subject lines. And I would say the majority of the subject line said Wiggins regrets getting the vaccine. Uh-huh. regret is not the word it's he didn't like that he had to make a choice it's either do this uh-huh. or you don't play basketball and I don't know I'm not an English major but regret meaning I don't like between these two choices have two entirely entirely different meanings right you know
0: yeah but, I
1: agree. <laughs> even if that's the case whatever if you, even if you regretted it Nothing could take away your championship now, Wiggs. So you right. just got to embrace it. Don't change the narrative because as soon as you do that, the haters will come out. But I guess there's another sense of me like, let them come out. Let them hate on you. Nothing could I, take away your chip, right? I,
0: I agree with you on that. It's interesting to me, though. And maybe this is just me. And maybe he wanted to make the point that he didn't want to get it and felt like he was forced. Was forced but- to? Yeah. it's almost to me why bring it up after the fact and why bring exactly. up what was such a hot button issue like you're yeah. not gonna like how how are warrior fans gonna feel about this that you're basically almost saying that you rather would have sat out the season potentially rather than have contributed to a championship team i just i don't see positives over giving an interview like this or speaking in that way now obviously i wasn't there for the interview it might have been twisted slightly in hindsight. But yeah. I don't see any good. So if I was his agent or his PR person after the fact, I would have just looked at him and been stop. Just don't bring this up again. Because now he's going to get asked about this again all summer long. Now it's just time to shut it down. It's over. You got it done. Maybe you didn't want to On hindsight. Like you said, maybe he had regret. It's done. You know, knock on wood. It doesn't seem to have any negative effect on you. Somehow the vaccine made you play better defense. Like... <laughs> Maybe it worked out for you after all, you know? So, so I'm, just, yeah. I'm just gonna leave it at that. And with that, that's actually all we have time for today. Wanna give a shout out to RJ, our video producer for always making sure that we're on and available. Please check out shout our out. YouTube channel. Remember to rate, subscribe, and review. Like us on our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter. And finally, Jay, I wanna say, as part of Two live crew tonight, thank you for being on tonight. Hey, thank you, Sammy. You did a great job at hosting and special shout out to uh, 8110. What up? You know it. 8110 <laughs> for our listeners out there is our old our old college hangout from when we were roommates. So just want to give one more shout out again to, to June and John. Hope you guys are joining us on the next pod. Miss you guys. This is the Clinic All-NBA Podcast. Please join us for our next pod next week. Thanks so much. Thank you. <laughs>